Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, so it's 10 20 2020 How about that? We're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to. I was pleased yesterday to pick up the phone, call Today's Dentistry, and say, hey, can you squeeze me in sometime in November to get a cleaning and an examination? I'd like to get in and see Dr. O'Neill. They said, sure, we can do that for you, Kent. It's just that easy. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. Let's talk about sports, and sports news is cracking, yo. Nate Bjorkren. An assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors is now the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. This is good news. But I'll tell you what, on the list of finalists, where was Bjorkren? The only place he was mentioned as a potential finalist was in an interview with Nick Nurse where he mentioned Bjorkren perhaps interviewing with the Indiana Pacers. The the Pacers, they were on a tight ship, man. Kevin Pritchard, no leakage with Kevin Pritchard. And, and those within that front office. Nate Bjorkren, a very, very positive guy. He's 45 years old. He's a native of Iowa. He has been an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors, was an assistant coach under Nick Nurse when they won a championship. He was an assistant before that with the Phoenix Suns. And prior to that, he spent some time in the D-League doing some work, and most notably under Nick Nurse, Uh, a few years ago when Nick Nurse was a head coach in the D-League before it became the G-League. What do we know about Bjorkren? Not a whole lot. You can go on YouTube, you can watch him interviewed, and he seems like a very, very normal guy and a very, very normal coach. One of those guys, kind of like Frank Vogel and and Nate McMillan, sort of a no-nonsense guy, a friendly guy, a conversant guy as he speaks to the media, and that's what's important to us, let's face it. Uh, but not a guy who's terribly dynamic or hilarious. That's okay. We want this guy to coach basketball. He's not a stand-up comedian, so I'm fine with Nate Bjorkren as a coach for the Indiana Pacers. We'll see whether he can coach. We'll all learn that together. We also learned from Pigs.com today that Trey Kaufman is going to make his decision and announce that decision on October 30th. So we're going to find out whether the the 41st ranked player in the country and the second ranked player in Indiana is going to go to Indiana, Purdue, North Carolina, Virginia, or Indiana State. Those were the five favorites that uh, that Trey articulated about a month ago in an interview with Pigs.com and the great Jeff Rabjohns. So we're going to find out. This is 6'8 kid who projects as kind of a stretch power forward, kind of a modern guy who, uh, you know, can shoot it from outside. He can also play with his back to the basket a little bit, plays down at Silver Creek High School in Sellersburg, Indiana, so far southern Indiana, and Indiana has been on him for a long time. I saw Trey Kaufman play against Romeo Langford in a high school game at Bankers Life Fieldhouse a few years ago, and it was just a great game. Silver Creek shot the lights out. Kaufman looked really, really good. So we'll see on the 30th whether he's going to go to Indiana or whether he's going to follow classmate Caleb First. Caleb First is from Fort Wayne. Uh, Trey Kaufman is from far southern Indiana. So these guys are at polar opposites of the state. It's not like they're neighbors. They just happen to share a home state in common. First is going to Purdue Is Kaufman going to follow him to Purdue, or is Kaufman going to kind of blaze his own trail and go to Indiana? Like I said, Indiana's been on him from the jump. Tom Ostrom's done a nice job of building a relationship. Kaufman has said multiple times that he knows all he needs to 
about Indiana University, Indiana University basketball, Tom Ostrom, Archie Miller, the team. He's very, very comfortable with the guys on that team. Played a little bit of basketball with some of the incoming freshmen this year, like Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway. Uh, Also, Christian Lander. So we'll see what what Kaufman chooses. And I got to tell you the truth, though. It's sort of unsavory. This is a 17, 18-year-old kid figuring out where he's going to go to college. This happens all the time in the state of Indiana and everywhere else. Granted, with Kaufman, it's a, a point of interest because he's a really good basketball player. But my God, do we not have better things to talk about for 15 minutes than where Trey Kaufman's going to go to school or any high school junior or senior who commits to a college? Are we really that wrapped up in the decision-making process of a guy who's doing nothing more than sitting down with his family and deciding where he's going to go to school, just like every other high school junior or senior in this state does, or most of them. Kaufman, I wish him nothing but the best. If he goes to Indiana, that's wonderful. If he doesn't go to Indiana, why do we care? He's just, he's blazing his own trail. He's creating a path. And that path is going to inform everything in his life. And whether he goes to North Carolina, Virginia, Indiana, Purdue, Indiana State, you know what? It's all going to work out fine for the kid, and it's going to work out fine for the fans of the schools. It's going to work out fine for Matt Painter and Roy Williams and Archie Miller and, you know, everybody involved. It's all going to be good. Coach Bennett's going to be fine. Coach Lansing's going to be fine in Terre Haute. It's all going to work out. Why are we so wrapped up in this stuff? Because I am too. I'm not blaming people for being wrapped up in it. I'm wrapped up in it. I I look. I have a subscription to 247sports.com. I read what what Brian Snow has to say and what Jeff Rabjohns has to say. I like both of those guys. I like Mike Pegram too. And and what they have to say it resonates with me. I loved having them on as guests when I hosted a radio show. And and now that I consume them on 247sports.com, that's cool by me. That's just fine. Um, and, and I want to know what these guys are thinking. But I, I'm kind of, I'm not chastising you for caring. I'm more chastising me for caring. I should have better things to do with my time than worry about what a high school senior is going to do next year. Is he going to be in Bloomington or West Lafayette or Chapel Hill or wherever the hell Virginia is, Fredericksburg or whatever? I don't care. It really doesn't matter to me, not at all. But it does. What are you going to do? The Indianapolis Colts back to work today. It's a bye week, but Tuesday's normal. Tomorrow they're going to do some self-scouting stuff, and then they're going to turn the guys loose a little bit. And and what the guys choose to do during this bye week period is going to be very important as to whether they are able to continue the season. You know, if they're irresponsible and they're knuckleheads and they go down to Cancun or Puerto Vallarta. By the way, I know some people who've gone to Puerto Vallarta this week, and hopefully they're safe and sound and and nobody's acting a fool down there and wantonly spreading coronavirus. I have no idea what they do at those resorts. Let's hope these guys stay home and make responsible choices because the Colts have a lot of really, really good stuff ahead of them if they can sort of bite the bullet, be responsible, and concentrate on getting through this season without catching and spreading COVID-19. One of the guys who is a linchpin as to what's going to happen with the Colts the rest of this season is Anthony Costanzo. He joins us. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you for taking some time. 
You were a little bit dinged up going into Sunday. You had missed a game. How'd you come through that? Yeah, I mean, I just had some uh, some rib cartilage stuff going on. It was uh, actually felt pretty good on Sunday. Uh, I think we'd be good to go from here on out. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'll definitely. I would say I'd be coming up the bye feeling one hundred percent for sure. Thank you, and Sterling. How big is the gap between where the offensive line is now and where you guys need to be? Um, you know, I, I don't think the gap is huge. I mean, we definitely are not where we want to be. We know that. Um, it's just a little technique thing here and there. Just so that, you know, I mean, fo- football comes down to such minute details. Um, we're going to be doing a self-scout tomorrow where, where we really look at a lot of the stuff that we've been doing uh, throughout the year and, and what we need to change to to make that next step. And, um, and you know, hopefully this this week of kind of being able to reflect and uh, not having to worry about a game plan, but really being able to focus on the technique type things is going to uh, make a difference for us and going to help us out going forward. How does the process of an offensive line and a running back, a rookie running back like Jonathan Taylor, how, how does that relationship form? Is it formed in meetings, during film, during practice, during games? How do you guys get to where you need to be to communicate correctly? I mean, yeah, it's, it, that's always a part of it, like kind of him understanding us and us understanding him, you know, where does he like to cut on this play? Um, you know, like what is he most comfortable with? Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, you, you got to block the guys you're assigned to block and, um, and he's, and he's got to find the holes he's assigned to find. Um, if everybody just does their job, the running game works. So uh, we just got to make sure all 11 guys are doing their jobs and, uh, you know, it'll start to open up. How good are you at brushing off the criticism that comes from the outside? as to how the offensive line's playing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to brush it off. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's what we do as professionals, come in to work and try to do your job every day. Um, regardless of what's happening on the outside, regardless of what people are saying, it's the same job regardless, you know, uh, and it's it's the same guys you got you to move off the ball. It's the same schemes. Um, so, yeah, regardless of what is being said outside or anything like that, it's uh, it's all just comes down to, to playing football. How was the relationship between you guys as an offensive line and Phillip Rivers kind of evolved over these six games and over camp? You guys didn't really know him. Now you know him pretty well. How's that evolved? It hasn't changed. I mean, he's he's the same person. I think that's kind of what makes him uh, able to be as good as he is and, and able to last as long as he has in this league. He's because regardless of win-loss, you know, uh, great play, poor play, whatever, He's the same person no matter what. He comes to work with uh, with an edge every time, and uh, and he's still that he still loves playing football. And you know he's the same guy regardless. So um, it's been the same thing, and uh, and I think that's what we love about Phil. Well, one more here, Jewel Erickson. Uh, from a pass protection standpoint, what, what do you think is has been uh, the biggest key for you guys in just not giving up very many sacks? Um, that's you know that, that's an eleven person thing. It's wide receivers getting open quickly. It's Phil getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, and then, you know, it's us protecting, obviously. I mean, like I said, we're going to be doing a self-scout tomorrow, and I think we're going to see a lot of things that, that we need to do better um, to, you know, give more time and make sure that nobody's near Phil. But uh, it's really been a, the whole offense um, has been doing their jobs. And when you get everybody doing their jobs, uh, good things happen, and that's, and that's helped the protection a lot. That's Anthony Costanzo, left tackle for the Colts, and, of course, the pride of Lake Zurich, Illinois, where his parents ran a terrific Italian restaurant. Uh, Costanzo, one of those guys, I, I think now the lone holdover from the Napoleon years, uh, first-round draft pick back in 2011. And, uh, man, he's managed to cobble together a hell of a career, making a lot of money and doing a lot of really, really good work. And it seems like that group on Sunday, as they kind of came back from the dead against the Bengals, 
it seemed like the offensive line, Philip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Paschal, T.Y. Hilton, even though Hilton only had the one catch for 11 yards, it seemed like those guys kind of came together. Burton, Doyle, too. And, and it seemed for the first time like an offense that was completely behind Philip Rivers. They weren't just doing their job for themselves. They were doing their job for each other. And, and that's an interesting thing to me. And, and that'll bear watching as this season progresses. So uh, welcome to Nate Bjorkren from uh, the Toronto Raptors coming down to the Pacers to be the head coach. And as we learn more about him, we'll share that. And, and as we get to meet him, who knows when that's going to be right, but we'll get to do a Zoom call with, uh, with Coach Bjorkren and, and figure out exactly who he is, or at least develop a greater understanding of his philosophies and, and the way he sees basketball. That'll be kind of interesting. And, and hopefully, because of this hire, the Pacers, they take a, uh, you know, a step up in class because winning 50 isn't enough. It'd be enough if you were the Knicks, right? But these are the Pacers, and we've won 50 for a long time. This has been a winning team for over a quarter century, and now fans are getting a little bit anxious about seeing more than that. And I think they're right to, and we'll see if Bjorkren can get that done for the Indiana Pacers. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buckle down, try to figure out who the hell this guy is, before we get to meet him, so I get to share that with you tomorrow morning on Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock, uh, exactly. We do it straight up at 8 every morning, live on Facebook, and then immediately thereafter, we're on Periscope and Twitter, a show so nice we do it twice, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.